Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to another Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. This week I'm talking to Yamit Shimanovich, who is a cinematographer. Her latest two projects are both kind of controversial in their own way for very, very different reasons. The first one is the documentary Surviving R. Kelly Part 2. So this is a continuation of the Surviving R. Kelly story. The second project is the Netflix series The Goop Lab with Gwyneth Paltrow. And I'm sure, like many of you, have opinions on Goop one way or the other. But we got to talk to Yamit about the R. Kelly documentary which had an all-female crew and was interviewing the survivors of R. Kelly. Yumit talks very much about the environment that they were trying to create for that and using lighting and being unintrusive and not getting in the way of their stories while they're doing these very long interviews with these people. For Goop Lab, obviously a very different process. You're dealing with much brighter colour palettes and they're following them around and uh, sort of a much less predictable environment in what they were doing from week to week. Two completely different projects and we talk about the camera work and her experience dealing on those shows. She's also done a huge variety of documentaries, two in particular which we talk about which is The Public Image is Rotten which follows John Lydon and his fellow bandmates recalling their years performing with Public Image Limited and uh, we also talk a little bit about Half the Picture which was a documentary which she did about the hiring practices concerning women directors in Hollywood or the lack of hiring women directors in Hollywood and having inspiring conversations with the women that have succeeded against all odds. In addition to working as a cinematographer, she's also uh, been camera operator on a whole bunch of different projects, including things like Transparent and Counterpart and a whole bunch of other shows as well. So very, very experienced, really interesting to talk to. Great show to listen to if you're interested in cinematography. And we talk about creating light to create mood and um, cameras and all that sort of stuff. So here's the interview with Yamit. If you want more TV news and uh, all that geek chat, you can, of course, get the main show, Geek Town Radio, which goes out every Tuesday on the same feed you can find that there there are more interviews as well you can go back and listen to the other interview podcast where we've talked to composers and uh, other people in the industry go check that out at geektown.co.uk here's the interview with you mitt hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's lovely to be able to sit down and chat with you for a bit. Mm-hmm. The two shows that you're involved with, neither of them actually started airing over here yet. So I haven't managed to catch either of them. But I haven't seen like little bits and pieces. Before we get into that, mm-hmm. how about a little bit of background? How did you get into the industry in the first place? You know, I, I got a, a still camera and then all of a sudden people were asking me to take their pictures And more and more people were asking me to do it. And I said, oh, well, I might as well go into cinematography and make a career out of it because obviously they're seeing something in me. Yeah. And then um, I went to film school. And then as, as, as I was going out of film school, I was getting all kind of jobs, you know, whatever I could get at the time. So one of my first job as an electric, I, I came onto the set and it was a very low budget. And the gaffer, the first thing he did is brought in uh, a cooler full of beer first thing in the morning. <laughs> right. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to deal with electricity. There's no way I'm going to drink. It make the job way too hard on me. Yeah. And then so by the end of the day, I think it was like a 12, 13 hour day. The DP realized that everyone disappeared beside me. <laughs> <laughs> And and he realized I was I really understood lighting and I could see light and eventually on that feature I became his gaffer and uh, a second camera operator and that was like my first big break and we did a bunch of features together afterwards cool and I gaffed for him and then I also uh, camera operated nice um, yeah and from then on I just uh, you know kept on going going through the industry I got I did a feature I stopped for a few years when I had my family and I have two kids and then. I came back as soon as they uh, were a little bit older. Yeah. The things you've been working on as a cinematographer most recently, um, well, let's start off. There's two big things, really. There's the Goop Lab, which is the new Netflix series, and mm-hmm. part two of the Surviving R. Kelly documentary, uh, which I think you couldn't really have two more kind of diametrically opposed shows. <laughs> <laughs> Those two, could you really? Um, so, well, let's start off with the Surviving R. Kelly series. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get involved with that? Because presumably they had a cinematographer for the first part as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the, for the first part, I think they used a lot of uh, different DPs. They didn't right. have one main person. So actually, the, the funny thing, uh, a producer from the group project, from the group lab, recommended me to the producer oh, right. on Surviving R. Kelly. I so it, it kind of was connected in a way. Yeah. Because I kind of finished one and started the other. Um, so yeah, so that's how I got on it. And the thing is, like the way... I dealt with it. I mean, the two the two uh, projects are very very different, and and I really dealt with them uh, very differently. Like surviving R. Kelly, it was all about um, you know the interviews of the survivors, you yeah. know, just making them feel very comfortable and creating intimacy and and a very safe space for them. Yeah. So one thing that I did is like I made sure that we never have to like call attention to camera, so we could roll continuously. I think some of the interviews took over six hours. Wow. So we had a camera that we could change cards while rolling. And also I made sure that everyone in, in my department, we're all women in my department. Right. And, uh, made sure everyone was sitting the whole time. So there wasn't a lot of movement or destruction. Hmm. Dist- <laughs> not destruction. Uh, destruction. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then also for the lighting scheme, 
I had this lighting scheme that as soon as someone sat down, I could adjust it very quickly to them. Right. So that doesn't take a long time too. Um, you know, I had a few lights on rollers and dimmers because everyone is a little different. Hmm. Uh, so we were able to adjust that uh, quite quickly and then get on with the interview without making them sit there for a while. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that got to be something that's very important with something like that because the, the people that are being interviewed for that project are, are understandably probably quite nervous and, and mm-hmm. you know, coming forward with that sort of thing. Six hours though. So, I mean, you're just shooting continuously for that. Yeah, yeah. We, wow. we were doing hot swaps. Yeah. I mean, we all went to the bathroom before we started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, it, it was really nice, you know, and, and the thing is like I, you know, I was operating the tighter camera and there was like a wider camera that was locked. And then another one that, um, cause I was thinking of a way of, of, you know, about showing the whole posture and, and how they're sitting and how they're communicating with their body. And I wanted a wide angle, but also wides are, you know, they become so big, you know, on the format that we have, like the two mm. sides. So then I tried this one that I took one of the monitors that was connected to the close up and I put it in the foreground of that shot. And I think that created a really nice dynamic especially for like mostly, you know, interview, heavy and interview documentary. It's nice to have another visual thing to work with. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing when you're doing, I mean, you've done quite a lot of documentaries and I I guess with Mm -hmm. a lot of these things, there are going to be those sort of to camera things. But I mean, a lot of the Surviving R. Kelly series is an awful lot of that to Mm -hmm. camera stuff. So finding a sort of a way of doing those interviews in a sort of interesting way, Mm -hmm. because I think you do sort of think, that it's just plopping a camera down and pointing it at somebody when it's like that. And there's obviously that, is, you know, obviously it's a lot more involved than that. And I think because they, they wanted to do everything against a black background. And, you know, sometimes when you go into people's spaces, you can find very interesting thing in their space or in, in the architecture. But, but since we were against black, I thought the white shot with the close-up in the foreground um, will add a little, you know, dimension and a little details. And even if, like, the focus is on the white, having the close-up out of focus in the foreground works, and then they can always play with it and go into the foreground but still see the person the way he is, you know, the way he's holding their body. I think it it gives you a lot of information for it. Yeah, That's really nice. And um, you're changing the light, obviously, for the different people because as you say different people are skin colors different or tones different mm-hmm. or whatever are you adjusting the light for other effects as as well when you're doing those or is it purely well, well, well i think also like from the beginning um since the the survivors actually were looking through an interatron, so they're kind of looking straight into the camera. Right. And their lighting uh, is a little bit more foreground, you know, a little bit more frontal. And right. then for a lot of the people that were talking about them or, you know, the journalists and the lawyers and all, because we, we interviewed about more than 50 people right. for the documentary, um, those, that lighting was more sighty. And then I think with men, I take even more... <laughs> <laughs> the freedom to go even sidier and more contrasty. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And also the color palette that we decided to begin with was a bit, you know, I think it was a a very nice uh, lot that we got, worked very well with dark skin and then felt a little muted and serious and and more like a character observation Mm. kind of coloring for me. Yeah. On the flip side of something like Surviving R. Kelly, you've then got Goop Lab, which Mm -hmm. is the new behind the scenes thing of Goop, the Gwyneth Paltrow company. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the the approach for that i guess is completely different and that's not all like straight to camera stuff as well that's that's presumably shooting behind the scenes of goop so well actually the thing it was it's not necessarily behind the scenes of goop we went more of like different adventures in a way like right. we, it wasn't necessarily in the offices of group like there is one element of it but it's mostly different subjects that were tackling oh, okay. outside right. of the group offices that some of the people that work at group are going through the experience right i see okay so it wasn't really you know like what is when it's doing at work it was more you know different um you know there's an energy healer and there's like uh this sex episode that it was all about female or orgasm so it was more subject connected right i see okay so i mean what sort of color palettes are you going for for something like that is that changing from episode to episode given the things are so different but that one i had uh three different looks that that i had in my palette that i was going through but it was more um I think what kind of guided me through that one was making sure the the people in front of the camera has as much freedom as possible. From the beginning, it had to be more spontaneous. They had to, you know, if they needed to go somewhere, they they should be able to do that. Mm. So we didn't have any rehearsals. It's kind of like, this is the space. This is what we're going to do. Let's go for it. Yeah, okay. So a lot of time it, I had to like be in a space and, and know that I'll be shooting 360. So I had to be really smart with my lighting and use a lot of, you know, luckily I, you know, I had a really nice range. I worked, it was on the Sony Venice, the, right. the camera that we're using. So I, I did have a good latitude of light, but uh, yeah, like we could never predict what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> the camera always had movement in it. So either we're handheld right. or we're on slider uh, sometimes just a tripod with wheels if, if the flow was good. And that was really helpful because really like we could plan what w- was going to happen, but we couldn't really plan what was going to happen because <laughs> yeah. it, it took a shape of its own while the scene started. So Yeah, no, I can imagine with something like that, you go, you are going to end up like needing to follow the action. So you know. Exactly, yeah. And I'm really happy about the way it looked. It, it came out, it, it looks great. So so I'm super happy with that and with Surviving R. Kelly too, which was, uh, you know, very, very different. You've done a mixture of these kind of documentary things and you've done, you know, straight drama and, and film and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Do you prefer one over the other? I mean, it's obviously a very different thing when you're, you're mm-hmm. doing something like Goop Lab, which is kind of anything could happen next compared to a drama, which is obviously far more scripted and you know kind of where you're going and what you're doing. Yeah, I, I like both. I, I like, you know, Right now, I'm working on another documentary, and, and it's about cyber, and it and it's very very different than the last two that I've done. Hmm. So I like it that each subject and each project kind of changes um, the look of it. Um, I mean, there 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 is something nice about doing scripted shows, which is a bit more controlled, and and you know, and if there's amazing acting, it it's really really wonderful. But then there's something really great about the freedom of expression that you get when you do documentaries and, and more free form, <laughs> free <Yeah>. form, <laughs> free form um, subjects. 
perfect. So yeah. I like it both. Yeah, you no sort of immediate preference for one or the other, though. Yeah. No, I I really I, I enjoy also going from one to the other because you kind of see the beauty of each as you go from one to the other. You know, when you go on documentaries, I I get to travel a lot. It's usually you know a week on, a week off. It's uh, schedule wise, I really like it. When you go into narrative, it's six to eight weeks, five days a week, 11 to 12 hours a day. So that that always uh, takes a little bit of a toll. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I like the documentary schedule better. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, n- I noticed on your IMDb list, you sort of jump backwards and forwards between cinematography and being a camera operator as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, you worked on Transparent. You worked on Counterpart, which is a, was a fabulous show. I was really upset when they cancelled that after two seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, to- Toby Dadden was the DP on that one. And, and I came in for a few weeks and operated on when they were shooting in LA. Right. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it just a case of it's work, so I go and do it, or is it something that you quite like to keep your hand in behind the camera? Well, I think you know I was shooting a lot of documentaries, and I was kind of wondering what how's the other side is doing. So I uh, jumped on a few shows with friend of mine's as an operator, right? And um, and it was very interesting, and and I liked it a lot. But then I came back to uh, shooting documentaries for the last year and a half. Right, yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see. We'll see what, what the future will bring. The other thing which we were talking about before I started recording, really, was uh, was the public image is rotten, which is a documentary mm-hmm. that you said, was it Sundance you were over in London with that for? Raindance. Raindance, yeah. that's it, yes. Raindance. Yeah, it premiered at uh, Tribeca and then in London it premiered in Raindance. I'd ask how you got the job on that, but given that you're married to the director <laughs> um, well he got the job because he was sleeping with me <laughs> there you go, you see. <laughs> um, so yeah i mean that must have been fascinating that that's a uh, uh, john lyden and the uh, other bandmates talking about performing in public image limited um, mm-hmm. i mean john lyden has a bit of a reputation of being quite difficult how is that to sort of work on that so it's really interesting because you know when we worked with him he kind of made us feel like we're his family you know it's kind oh, of like good. very like yeah, we're like we're like part of his group like he was very open with us he was very close with my husband the director and we were kind of like part of you know it it was interesting because i remember one time i was shooting a show from the audience and i was very close to the pit and i can see him checking on me to see if i wasn't being like getting hurt or anything so i felt like he kind of was watching our back i can see how yeah i can see if he doesn't know you or yes. he gets upset by you. I'm, I'm sure he has a temper, you know? Yes, yeah. I, I seems to be somebody who has a bit of a spiky personality, but then if he's in your corner, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we were in his corner for the... So we, we were on the safe side. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and uh, you say uh, that film, you think he's getting a home release at some point? Yeah, because it, it did a big theatrical run all of last year, and I think this year is going to come on... It will, uh, you know, have an outlet online okay cool uh, yeah that'll be yeah. good so we'll be open for sure we'll move on to some sort of slightly more general questions um, okay what's the one thing you 
you've done which you're most proud of? Ooh, that's going to be really hard. Because um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I, I shot a lot of documentary that I feel make a lot of difference. Yes. That I'm very happy with. I'm, I, I know one of the documentary I shot is Half the Picture, which we interviewed a lot of directors, right, uh, yeah. female directors in the industry. And I think that one came at the right time. And I feel like there is a, like you said, you never talked to uh, female cinematographers before. Yes, yeah. There is a change. I do feel the change in there the industry, is. even though... Yeah, yeah. I, I think like that women, because I we grew up as women kind of thinking there can only be one person in the room. Right. Um, you know, like if you look at shows, there's like always the one woman, the one diversity and, yeah. <laughs> and the rest. Yeah. And I think now we're realizing that even though we were brainwashed that way, that that's not necessarily how it should be. And we're helping each other. And I do feel like that, you know, I try to hire as many women as I can on my crew. Right. And I noticed that other producers, female producers are hiring more women as well. So I feel we're helping each other a bit more. Yeah. You are getting a lot more of that. I mean, Jessica Jones, the Marvel series, I think had an ent- mm-hmm. almost entirely female crew behind it as well from sort of directors right down mm-hmm. and i think something like that might not have happened even sort of five ten years ago which is great no. so you, you are seeing a lot more change i always think it's strange how there are certain jobs that in this industry that don't seem to have more women in it i mean you know you've got some female directors but then you've got things like cinematographers and the composers as well that mm-hmm. majority male and yeah it's weird I, I think cinematography probably because uh the weight of the camera maybe 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 yeah um i don't know i i feel like also i i do feel like a lot of in the past a lot of time like when women you know a lot of time men will hire men because they remind them of themselves right yeah (laughs) and women used to not hire women because they were afraid that if something will not happen right it will be like oh well you hired yeah you hired you know yeah yeah so but i feel like now it's starting to change yeah which is is great I mean, it's, you know, it's good that you're getting more women in the industry. Very slowly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> slowly, as, as things, as these sort of things always move slowly in Hollywood, but yes. <laughs> but it's funny because one of the things that I learned from uh, shooting half the picture was that like also in the seventies, there was a, given a lot of attention to the fact of women behind in front and behind the camera. Yeah. And there was a surge and then it went backwards. So I hope this time we'll keep on going forward. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. So I, I think you're at a place now where I, I think it, it should keep on moving forward at this point. So mm-hmm. I hope. Yeah. Um, what's the most fun thing for you about the job? Let me see. That's interesting because I feel on one hand is like when someone really cares about the project, when you work on a project with a lot of people that really care about it and have high integrity yeah. for it, that's, I think, one of my favorite things. Because sometimes you work on a job and the people around you are just kind of like, you know, it's stumping a job. A, yeah. It's a job. Yeah. Yeah. But when it means for everyone around you a little bit more than that, I think that's when it really, you get the best stuff out of it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. And then also when they give you the tools to do, uh, you know, when you go and get to scout all the location ahead of time and people are thinking about post while shooting, which sometimes in documentaries doesn't happen. Um, You know, and and recently I've been very lucky because all the recent jobs that I've done, we bring post um, in the beginning. 
So right. I don't know. I, I mean, what, what were you thinking? What is the most fun? I, I don't know. I'm not a sort of photographer. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I mean, you know, the thing is that I have like a, a good set of tools that I, I bring with me, you know, which is the composition and the lighting. And, you know, I, I can really see how light is going to fall in a room and I can pre-imagine my lighting scheme. And I know if I'm in a room and I need to go 360, I know, okay, this is the one place I can put a light and I know where it is and I can make it work and look beautiful. But then when when you're working on a project that, that you're doing, and I always bring my best to, to everything. Yeah, yeah. But when you're working with a group of people that are bringing everything, it, it, it becomes magical. Yeah. Do you find yourself doing that outside of work? Do you find yourself, I don't know, on holiday somewhere and walk into a building and go, wow, I'd love to shoot it here it's so great um i have i have one uh, so I, I was on my way to south by south one year yeah and i was changing planes and i went on and there was a thunderstorm but there was still one plane that was leaving and for some reason i decided to go on that plane which <laughs> looking back at it i should have probably waited till the following day right and and on that plane i actually met with my friend we kind of figured we we're both on the same plane uh, tom richmond which is also a dp right i remember as we were taking off and there were lightning all around us the only thing that comforted <laughs> us was that the lighting looked fake <laughs> right <laughs> that it was so unrealistic lighting before from the lighting from the lighting <laughs> from outside <laughs> that it couldn't be real so i think that way i did use my cinematic right, uh, yeah. senses to, to, well, to me you're you're braver than me getting on a plane in a lightning <laughs> storm like that oh dear um what inspires you i think what's inspired me personally is when i get to channel people's energy through the lens, right. you know, when I connect with them and they're connecting to the story and the lighting is amazing and composition is good and we become one. I think that's, that's the most amazing feeling on yeah. the set. Those sort of moments that make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Those yeah. Things. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 I, I remember um, on the group lab. So in one of the episodes, we were working uh, with John Emerald and he uh, channels energy and I never seen anything like that <laughs> right. before. And as I was filming it, he was channeling actually for someone from our crew. He was working on her. And when I was filming it, I was thinking if I looked at it at home on TV, I would think someone is cueing the whole thing from the side <laughs> because there's no way this is really happening. And yeah. I think um, that was one of the most amazing things that I ever filmed. Wow. Or was, you know, I could not believe it was happening. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds intriguing. I have to go watch that. You know, and I remember also like when we were prepping for it, you know, I went into a session as well and I was like, oh, wow, this is real. I would never thought, you know, yeah. <laughs> I would have yeah. never thought that it was real. It's understandable to be mildly skeptic when it comes to that sort of stuff. I know, I know. And I was literally filming it thinking like if I wasn't here right now, I was sure someone is queuing it from outside the frame. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. What would you say is the most interesting experience you've had while you've been working? You know, I'm so lucky that I get to travel and I get to go to places where people want to film stuff. 
Mm. I think that's why I love documentaries, because I do get to be in really great situations. You know, working with John Lydon was amazing and being in those shows and just being part of that energy. And I'm a bit of a chameleon that I go into situations and I open myself to become part of them. Yeah. You know, working on Surviving R. Kelly and being part of that, that was very hard and important to tell the story. Mm. And then um, with the group lab and getting all these amazing experiences that, yeah, that were a bit lighter they weren't as heavy yeah. but still very interesting that was great i think uh, one of the episodes in the group lab is about female sexuality and orgasm and the thing is like uh the way they did it natalie and and, Sh- and shana the producers they were very creative about it and they really did it in a way that haven't been done before. Right. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that. And I know a lot of people are super skeptic about this, um, the group lab just because of their reputation, but there's some really important stuff that this series actually is going to convey for women and for women empowerment. Yeah. I mean, it is one of those interesting shows because I think it is a bit love it or hate it, that goop lab, uh, the whole goop thing. The goop thing, exactly. And people love to hate it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes down and how well it does. I, I, I I feel like it's like, I think she's getting, you know, I think that's something with John too, when we work with John Mm. that I felt like people love to hate him and even like I remember when we were at rain dance and we were we had this party afterwards and the next day in the magazines it says like John kicked out of his own party (laughs) and that's not what happened because I was there you know so I feel like (laughs) that's that's the British press for you though so (laughs) I was like, that did not happen. I was there the whole time. And then the press just, and I think that's a little bit, you know, the the group and Gwyneth with that, they, they get that a bit too. Yeah. You know, the the people that really wanting to get the particular story that they want to get out of it, no matter what. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) So I've got last couple of questions for you. So the first question, straightforward, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? None. (laughs) <laughs> we do get that occasionally <laughs> the, the the truth is right now i'm not watching anything i feel i end up uh listening to a lot of podcasts just because i feel like i've been working right. a lot and yeah. visually I I, yeah if you're staring yeah. at a screen all day then yeah exactly like after after uh lighting and, and look at the screen all day i i just wanna yeah i don't i i try and yeah so that's what's been happening lately. So, so sorry about what, that. What was, what was the last thing you can remember watching? I really like Vip. Vip, yes. It's a very <laughs> good show. Yeah. Yes, go. I love Vip. Yes. So, and lastly, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, it can be something from the past, something present or something future, what oh. show would it be? I'm really bad about those questions because <laughs> I'm so happy and I'm so involved in what I'm shooting right now. Right. That I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not one of the, like, yeah, I don't have that okay. in my arsenal to pull out. Sorry. Okay. I will let you get back to your day. It's been lovely chatting with you. It was lovely chatting with you as well. You'll have to come on again. I would love that. That would be fun. Awesome. All right. Cheers. Alrighty. Bye. 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 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.